0: Well, good morning, Restoration Church. I am Daniel Gill, and I'm so blessed to be with you guys uh, today, getting to to share just a bit of my story. I mean, honestly, the Lord has put so much on my heart, especially the more that I'm getting to to go out and and share my testimony, my story, and share messages with different churches. I'm like, okay, God, you filled me so full. What do you want to talk about today? So I'm sitting here on the front, and worship was Amazing. Worship was so good. Can we just give a a round for our our worship team here? Because as a worship leader myself, I know that the, the worship that happens before the actual message begins, that's when church starts. We don't come here just for messages. We come here to, to, to love and be loved by our Father God. And so with worship, like we had this morning, I was sitting there, and I was like, okay, Lord, like my heart is so full right now. What What's on your heart, God? What do you want Restoration Church to know? And um, so its I've got a lot. I've got notes, and we'll see what I get to. I, I found out real quickly when I started uh, preaching that'm I'm, I'm very long-winded and my wife has to always like do this or like or, or do this and because I get so excited and just so passionate and God has done such an incredible work in my life over the years uh, from the time I was well, just a kid like you guys uh, to where I am now at 26 years old um, so before I get into to any of, of my messages first off wanted to uh, say thank you to the church. Thank you to the pastors, Pastor Nate. i Andrew Lily. You guys picked us up at the airport last night and just been such a great hosts. I mean, you can tell a lot about a church body by by their pastors, by their leaders. Every person that I have met today has been has gone above and beyond what is required, what's necessary. They they show love. You guys show love. And I know that that is a testament to the body here and a testament I believe to what God can do in these states, in these areas that are, that are like you were saying, so unchurched right now, but I don't believe it's always gonna be that way. I believe we live in a day and age where God is doing a new thing, God is doing a big thing, God is putting any person in the world who says yes to him on a platform, whatever that might look like, for me it's Ninja Warrior, putting them on a platform and letting them speak life, truth, love, faith, Letting their light shine so or so shine before men that people from all walks of life believers, non-believers, will look at us and give God the glory and God the credit. So before I get into anything tonight, can, can I pray real quick, and we just give honor where honor is due. <clears throat> Father God, we bless you. We love you. We thank you for what you're doing here in this house, God. I know that just from the the brief time that I've had here so far, Lord, you love this place. You love this house, God, and and because of that, I love this house and the people in it. God, I ask that uh, today as I share, Lord, what you've put on my heart, God, that, Lord, the stories and the encouragement is one thing, God, but let anything that's just from me god go in one ear and out the other lord let your words penetrate hearts god let your truth speak into lives and change them god because you know a word from a man is 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 good for a day but God, one word from you can change the course of a life for eternity, God. So I ask that your words would come through today, God, that you would soften our hearts. And just like Jesus talked about, Lord, give us uh, eyes to see, give us ears to hear what you have to speak to us today. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said Amen. Amen. Well, so uh, just to give a brief little background of, uh, you know, who I am, where I'm from, what I do. I'm Daniel Gill. I'm from American Ninja Warrior, as you saw. Uh, We're just now in the, I guess, the middle of season 11 of American Ninja Warrior. I've been on one episode so far, and by golly, it's probably the best episode I've had. Um, It was great. I mean, no spoilers, but I did well. Hit a couple buzzers, in fact, and already punched my ticket to Vegas for my fifth season in a row been, it's been incredible to see as I in my own personal life have pursued the Lord in everything that I can, everything that I know to, he has directed and guided my steps just like he promises in his word. Um, So. Before I got into all the, the ninja stuff, I'm from Houston, Texas. It's hot all year round. We have got Christmas in the 90s. Um, I came from a big family. There's five kids in my family. I've got an older sister who uh, we just found out yesterday is having a baby girl. So <clears throat> we're excited for her. There's a lot of, a lot of stuff happening. Uh, but then I've got a younger brother, a younger sister, and then the youngest sister who just left today to go on a two-week intensive um, like Bible school thing in Hawaii with uh, YWAM, Youth with a Mission. So, I mean, I'm so blessed to come from a family that is so ministry-minded. And, you know, growing up in Texas, we're kind of like the the belt buckle in the Bible Belt there. So growing up, um, and here's where we get into my testimony, growing up, I came from this family, and I don't believe our, our stories, our testimonies, they don't just or always begin with us. They begin with our parents. They begin with those who bring us into this world. And, you know, there's that story in uh, 1 Samuel, uh, all about Samuel. His, his mom, Hannah, you know, she's barren. She can't have children. So she prays. She's like, God, if you give me a child, I'll, I'll dedicate him to you. You've probably heard the story. So God gives her a son and she dedicates him to the Lord and says, this child will be, will be given to you. Well, my parents, both of them are saved, but neither of them were following after God when they started having a bunch of kids. You know, my dad's Colombian. that's where I get my dark skin and my crazy hair. He came from Colombia on a soccer scholarship, met my mom at a, at a college, at a university. He came from a Catholic background. She came from a, a Southern Baptist background. Neither of them were serving or chasing after the Lord when they got married, And so after child number three was born into my family, my mom came to this point and she was like, well God, this uh, I've got these kids, I've got more on the way, I don't know what I'm doing anymore and I absolutely 100% need your help if I'm gonna do this parenting thing. So she said, okay God, I've got these kids and more coming. From this day forward, God, I'm going to devote my kids to you. I'm gonna bless you by giving you them. So I'm gonna rededicate my life, my mom did, and she was like, all of my kids are going to serve you. They're going to grow up knowing you. That anytime the church doors are open, that's where we're going to be. And so for me, my earliest memories were in the church. I mean, every time the doors were open, we were there. Anytime that there was a, a um, what is it, like ministry opportunity or organization, we were a part of it. So I remember doing, as a kid, like kingdom kingdom clowns ministry, uh, kingdom mimes ministry, we did uh, sign language ministry, and whatever the ministry that we were involved with, we would go to, like, nursing homes, which was really uncomfortable for me at first, and we would go to places like um, homeless shelters, which, again, things that a kid is typically uncomfortable doing, but over the process, over that course of time, I began to just fall in love with people. Fall in love with hearing their stories, with with learning from their lives, and seeing how God has moved and can move and loves to move in every single person's life. So, as a kid, I remember giving my heart to the Lord and, and praying, and you know, here I remember I don't remember what age, maybe seven, maybe eight, and I prayed and I was like, God, I want to go to heaven because I'm I'm terrified of dying. I don't want to go to hell because I believe it's a real place. And so I, that's kind of how my faith journey began, and just Read the the, the Bible. I, I grew up in a Baptist church, so loved the word, spent a lot of time in the word, and I tell people all the time that you absolutely have to have a foundation of truth for your life, because as you get older, young people especially, and millennials, and from the youngest to the oldest, life will squeeze you. If you're young, you might not know that yet. If you're old, you know that all too well. We live in a broken world. Bad things happen. We make mistakes. Other people make mistakes that affect us. Or natural disasters happen like Hurricane Harvey a couple years ago in Houston. But we live in a world where things happen. Life squeezes us. Sometimes it squeezes us, relaxes, and squeezes again. But when it does, you have to be so full of the word that this is what comes out of you when life does that, that you have such a solid foundation of your walk with Jesus that even though we live in a world where, like Jesus said, we will have troubles, we can stay in a consistent, perpetual, um, spiritual, you know, the Bible says we're seated in heavenly places with God, with Christ. We can keep that perspective all the while while going through these trials and these tribulations. And we can keep that perspective and look back afterward and see how God can use that for our lives, our families' lives, and to testify to others who might be going through similar situations. So, <clears throat> That was kind of my upbringing, and I'll, I'll get to that. I'm sure some of you are also kind of wondering, have y'all noticed this little thing? I I, I smacked my head yesterday. <laughs> you can laugh. It was funny. It was, actually, it was actually horribly embarrassing is what it was because I, I was doing a demonstration of an obstacle in front of like 100 people, and I was like, all right, kids, the next obstacle is a pipe slider. I slid it and went boom, and I heard like this gasp across the crowd, and everyone was like, oh! and I was like don't let them know you make a mistake. Just keep going. So I, did, I finished the obstacle and just, I, I brushed it off. But every time I travel, I seem to, I, I get myself into trouble somehow. Um, I went to, to Japan on a missions trip and I went for a jog because I'm trying to stay healthy and, and fit even while I travel. I go for a jog and end up getting completely lost. I spend about an hour running in one direction before I'm like, God, I need to, I need to, I need to change direction. Turn around. I find out I'm in another district. I finally find someone who speaks a little bit of Jap, uh, English, and I'm like, how do I get back to Shibuya? And they're like, Shibuya? Oh, no, no, no. Go to train, train, 13-minute uh, train drive. And I'm like, no, 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 I don't have, I can't do a train. I need to run. He's like, no, 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 don't run. So anyways, I was like, thank you, sir. I end up running back in the opposite direction. I'm just like, Lord, guide me, take me, get me there. So I get back home, and I went on that crazy adventure, and I was I couldn't feel my legs or my knees for like a week after that. I go to, to North Carolina a couple months ago, and I'm like, okay, I'm still in the middle of competition season, got to keep my workouts going. I go for another run, and as I'm running, I I get too close to the road, and it's a back road. It's not like a highway. Cars are going really slow here. I'm running, and all of a sudden, a car clips me, and I spin and, like, fall, and I'm like, what the heck? So I get back to a main road, and I'm like, okay, mm, I'm okay, I'm safe, I'm I survi- I survived, I start running again, and then all of a sudden, all, these, all the dogs in like a three-mile radius find out that there's like fresh meat, like Colombian meat. I get attacked by like six dogs, and I run back, and I'm like, okay, don't go on a run in the middle of, you know, the woods in North Carolina anymore. Learn from that. So when I travel, I, I get, you know, little battle scars and crazy adventures, and God keeps me safe, but sometimes I put myself in bad situations. You live and learn, all right? So, back to my story. In, in, of the five kids that I was a part of, I was very unique, very special in my family. And the reason that I was so special is because I, out of all my siblings, was the monkey child. The world was my playground. Everything I saw, I climbed. My mom still reminds me. She was like, Daniel, when you were three years old, I had to peel you off of the top of a, a playground. And it wasn't the playground that you were on, Daniel. You were climbing over the fence out to get out of the playground. <laughs> And I'm like, well, mom, I don't remember that. And she's like, I do. And you scared the life out of me. So she was like, I knew you were going to you know, hopefully find something you know, athletic to do as you got older. So being the monkey boy, I, I got into sports, played about every sport imaginable, uh, baseball, basketball, roller, hockey, tennis. I loved athletics. I absolutely loved it. Uh, my favorite sport, of course, was soccer. My dad was a professional soccer player in Colombia, and Came here, started a club in in, uh, Houston where we live. So I played soccer, but I wasn't wasn't very good. I was never very good at any sport, in fact. But I learned a lot about hard work, determination, practicing, and and seeing the progress and growth that comes when you practice and when you put your heart into something. And so getting a little bit older, oh, by the way, my whole family, all of us, we were homeschooled. So we were like definitely like, I wouldn't say outcasts, but we were different. We were very different than a lot of our other friends. And growing up in church, it wasn't until about like middle school, high school years where there really began to be a divide that I saw happen in my life, where it was like all of my friends began to be a lot closer to each other because they related a lot more and a lot of them went to the same school. So we began church hopping and finding a place where we could fit in and we could connect because how many of you know we absolutely have to have a community of believers that we are surrounded by? You know, you act like who you spend time with. So if you're spending time with people who tear you down, you're going to be down on your luck. You're, you're not going to think this is not going to come out of you when life squeezes you. But when you plant yourself where God wants you, in the family of God that he has for you, Then when you go through those hard times, you have people to link arms with. You have people that you can run to that can help you, that can encourage you and help get you through those difficult times. So we were church hopping, and it was during my, I want to say freshman year in high school, where I came to a new um, chapter in my life. And I remember praying, and I was like, God, you are my best friend. You are, you are the truth, the way, you, you, you know me, you love me. I know you based on your word. I know what you're like. I said, but God, I'm having friends now who don't believe the things that I believe. Some of you probably can relate. I have people in my life who talk differently than I do, who, who act differently than I do, who don't believe the things that I do. And I said, and even I have some Christian friends who, who seem one way and are another way. I said, God, we need to have a talk. I know that I'm saved. I know that if I die tonight, I'm going to heaven. I said, but if I'm gonna live the rest of my life, I was like 15, 16 years old, I said, if I'm gonna live the rest of my life on this earth, I don't wanna be just a, a, a Wednesday, Sunday Christian who, who you know, says all the right things when I'm at church but then out of the church walls, I, j- I look, walk, talk, act like the rest of the world. I said, God, you have my heart My heart belongs to you. I know where I'm going when I die. I said, but Lord, that's not the issue. Right now, I make a new decision in my life to kind of be more inclusive. I don't want to just say, oh, my heart belongs to you. I said, God, from this day forward, I'm going to give you my life. Everything that makes me me, my dreams, my desires, my goals, my talents, my giftings, abilities, everything that makes me me, I'm going to give to you every day. From the first day, the moment I wake up and open my eyes, I want the first thing out of my mouth to be... Jesus, I love you. God, I bless you. Lord, lead my life today. And, and it should be that from the beginning, but because I grew up in the Bible Belt, I mean, there was so much, um, um, I guess you could say Christianese, if you will, which you guys don't have that problem here. There was, a, there was a bit of a disconnect for me in some of my childhood. So when I made that decision, everything changed. My life was lived for God, and people could see that. People could see that, that you know when you spend time in the Word, the Word is what comes out. When you spend time with our Father God, you start to rub off on each other. I remember as a kid when I would spend time with the bad friends, my mom would be like, hey, are you spending time with so-and-so because you're talking like him? You're acting like him, and I don't like that attitude. Some of you kids can probably relate. I remember that. But if I would spend time with the good friends, the good influences, she'd be like, oh, yeah. Hey, Daniel, you, you should go spend time with little Johnny because I like you better when you come back. It's literally, it's literally the exact same when we spend time with our Father God, whether it's our quiet time, our devotionals, time at, with, at worship with our, uh, with our family, uh, Bible studies. Whatever it is, the more time we spend with him, the more we start to look like him. The more we start to act like him, we get the, the, the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all of these things begin to, to become evident in our life. People like Daniel, how come you're not stressed or freaking out when you're about to run a course? And I'm like, well, I don't know. And it's because of Jesus, I have peace. And like Daniel, how come you're not stressed out when this life situation hits or your, your family's house gets annihilated by a, a crazy flood? I'm like, well, God's in control, and what what happens in this life? Lord can replace it. <laughs> he can replace it. He can make good come out of it. I believe what my Bible says. And so when life squeezes, this is what comes out. I cannot emphasize enough. Get this in you. Get this in you. So I made that decision. I was like, God, here's my life. Every day with you, for you. I thought I was gonna be an athlete and then that kind of changed in high school. I began to to get into singing and dancing and theater arts. I loved it, I absolutely loved it. I thought I was gonna go to Broadway and turn Broadway around for Jesus. And then my life took another strange turn. Graduated high school and I was like, Lord, here we go. I'm gonna add you, I'm gonna include you. Up until this point, I knew what the word says. Jeremiah 29, 11. It's one of my life verses because I believe we need to have life verses. We need to have verses that when life squeezes us, we speak the truth. So I knew that the Bible said, for I know the plans I have for you, God talking to his people. We are his people. Plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. So as I'm like wrestling with the thoughts of what am I going to do with my life, God? What direction do I need to take? What college should I pursue? That verse came up and reminded me of who God is to me and the plans that he has. And so I said, okay, God, okay, I can go into business. I can go, I can pursue Broadway. I can pursue a full-ride scholarship into into music Um, because I was a singer all through high school, like UIL vocal competitions. I I was great, gave my life to it and thought that that was where God was gonna take me. But I said, Lord, I love you, and I want to spend some time further developing, being able to hear from you, being able to minister to others. So, Graduated high school, and I went to a two-year Bible school in in my home city of Houston. And during that time, I got to travel the world. I'm a worship leader at home, and I was a worship leader at the time. I got to lead worship. I got to preach the gospel. I got to see everything that I had read about, signs, wonders, miracles, God touching lives, God changing hearts. I got to see that firsthand for two years, solid. And I was like, God, I don't want normal. I don't want normal. I don't want my life to look like so many other people's. I said, God, I want to give you my life. Take it, make it, use it. Take me on an adventure. All these these men and women, we've got Samuel, we've got David, we've got Jesus. These guys modeled what it looks like to walk hand in hand with God and be taken on an adventure that we have no idea what it looks like, but we know it's good. And we know that our lives are not our own, but we've given them as living sacrifices for his glory, to make his name known and to... Uh, As one of my favorite evangelists, Reinhard Bonnke, says, plunder hell and populate heaven. That is the goal of my life, to build the kingdom. So long story short, while I'm at my ministry school and you say, how did I become a ninja? Here's how I became a ninja. While I'm there, I said, God, I will so gladly become a pastor. God, I will so gladly become a worship leader or even a missionary overseas because I'd already been to places like Japan, Bulgaria, Rome, Honduras, all these places. And I was, I was wrecked for normal, didn't want normal, don't want normal. I said, God, I'll do any of these things. Well, the job that I had at the time, answering phone calls at a company, ended unexpectedly. And I was like, well, Lord, I know you too well to know that you're gonna leave me high and dry. So I need a job, God, and I'm sorry, but I need it in the next like week because I've got tuition due. So here's the timeline, God. He's not afraid of timelines. He's not afraid of pressure. We're the ones who are affected by pressure. So our job is to cast those cares on him, okay? It's scriptural. Be full of it. So I said, okay, God, I'm not going to sit on my hands and ask you to drop the perfect job in my lap, and I don't believe in that. I've got too many friends who are having these, these issues and problems in their life because they don't trust you because they did nothing and expected you to do everything. We're supposed to walk by faith, and that requires stepping out in faith. So I said, God, I'll I'll write up a resume. I'll pass it out. I don't really know what I want to do, God. A lot of it requires further education, but here's the things I don't want to do. And so I wrote that list down, and literally the very next day, here's how good God is. The very next day, a friend of mine at my ministry school nudges me and is like, Daniel, hey, hey, I heard you were looking for a job. Now, this particular friend came from a background, came from a background uh, as a radically saved former gangster at Bible school. So when he nudges me and he's like, he's like, hey, I got a job I think you might be interested in. My first thought is, oh, Lord Jesus, I don't want to sell drugs. I don't, I don't, I don't. And I, I, I'm not about to make an enemy of someone that could really probably mess me up good. And I'm like, ah, okay, Jesse, yeah, I'm looking for a job. His name's Jesse, by the way, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I got a, a job you might be interested in. It's, uh, I work at a, a gym, and at this point in my life, I don't lift weights. I'm an, a- an athlete, but I, was, I looked at him, I was like, dude, I don't know what I would do in a gym. I don't lift weights. It's all uh, calisthenics, push-ups, pull-ups, running, climbing, all that stuff. Thank you, but ah, it's not going to work out this time, and he's like, well, it's not a regular gym. It's an obstacle course gym. This was seven years ago, by the way. So obstacle course gym, I say it now, and you're like, ninja? Seven years ago, you're like, what? I looked at him, and I was like, what do you mean obstacle course gym? And he was like, well, have you ever seen that show, American Ninja Warrior? My eyes got as round as saucers. My jaw dropped, and I was like, I had a flashback to when I was a kid. And when I was a kid, I used to watch Ninja Warrior. It was like the only show on G4 that I could watch, the only one. And, and after like, commercials, we'd change it too. But I watched it as a kid, and I was like, God, that's what I want to do. I'm an athlete. I want to climb on that. But somewhere along the way, as I got older, maybe it was being in a family of five kids. Maybe it was being in a city of millions of people, a place where they don't film TV shows. But somewhere along the way, maybe it was because I was homeschooled. I dropped that dream. I was like, that'll never happen. I could never get on TV or I could never do great things for the Lord in that capacity. But as soon as he told me it was a ninja gym, I was like, Lord, what? I just told you I would go into full-time ministry, but are you opening a door for me to get into this? And so I go there to the gym. That same day, I meet the owner, and I'm, I'm already pretty strong at this point. I demo some obstacles. I'm pretty good. I give the guy my resume, and I'm like, Oh, this is it, Lord, thank you. Here, sir, I would love a job as soon as possible. Thanks thanks in advance. And he looked at me, and sometimes the Lord will test our hearts before he, he promotes us or before he, he gives us the breakthrough that we're, we're wanting or needing. And it's not because he's bad, but it's because it's for the same reason that our natural parents aren't going to give us everything we want the first time we ask, because sometimes we're not ready for it. Sometimes it's too much for us. Sometimes we don't know enough and we'll be wasteful. We, we won't use it to the best of what he's called us to. So I give the guy my resume, and I'm like, when can I start? And he's like, well, first off, we'd love for you to get a membership so that we can see you more often, because we don't just give jobs out. And secondly, we don't have any op- any, anything available My heart was crushed. You don't know what that felt like. I I was, in that moment, I thought to myself, God, why would you show me this? Because I didn't know this gym was even here. Why would you show me this and then just pull it away from me like that? Why, and I'm confused. My thoughts are spinning, my head's spinning. So I thank the gentleman, the owner, and I said, well, I'll be in touch. I'm gonna call you back next week because I really want this job. And I'm thinking, I don't have any other option. And I'm leaving the gym, and I'm walking, and I'm praying. And I'm wrestling with God, and I'm arguing with God, and I'm like, Lord, why is this happening? You're so good, and I didn't even know this gym was here. But God, in the same way that that David in his psalms can in one psalm praise you, and in another psalm be confused and still write that out, and you're still in the midst of that, God, I will never hide anything from you. I will not hide my feelings, I will not hide my emotions, because when I do, it becomes my problem. And I can't fix my problems, but when I open myself up to you, God, and share with you the hurt, share with you the pain, share with you the confusion, then I'm on your time frame, and it's in your hands, and you can get me through it a lot better and a lot faster than I can. So as I'm walking, I mean, it's a long, like, it's from here to there, and I'm just, like, walking, I'm like, well, God, I don't understand, but God, and then a verse popped up in my heart, in my spirit, because you got to be full of this, you got to be full of this, proverbs 3 verse 5 and 6 popped up and uh, i think i've got oh there we go it says to trust in the lord with all of your heart and do not depend on your own understanding but in all of your ways acknowledge him or seek his will in all you do and he'll make your your path straight he'll direct your path or he'll show you the path to take there's a lot of translations going in my head And so that popped up in my head, and I said, God, my job isn't to have it all figured out. My job is to trust you, is to depend on you, is to lean into you when I have no one else to lean into and no other options. So I said, God, I'm upset, but I give it to you. If this isn't the job you want for me, that's fine. You've got something better or something better for me, but I put it in your hands. And I walk out, I kid you not, the more you trust in God... The more you follow God, your life starts to look like one of these stories, I promise you. I open the door to leave and someone runs up and he's like, hey, 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 come here, come here, talk to me. And it's another employee, I didn't meet him, I didn't even know who he was, and he was like, I heard you talking to my boss about wanting a job here. Well, I haven't even told my boss this yet, but I'm about to move back to my hometown in another state. If it's cool with you, you can, or if it's cool with him, you can just have my job, take my position, and you can start immediately emotional roller coaster, you guys. I'm like on cloud nine. I found a gym. I'm like crushed at the bottom because I can't have the job. And now he's telling me I can have his job. And it was amazing. And he was like, well, you're going to have to direct our kids program. And oh, by the way, these aren't our normal kids. You're going to become the program director for our homeschool program. You know those kids. And I'm like, I was homeschooled and like still have ties to the homeschool community in Houston. That's awesome. And he's like, it like hit him, and he's like backtracking, he's like, they're such good kids, they listen so well. They're not the stereotypical awkward homeschoolers. Their shorts aren't here and button downs. And so I go back to my ministry school. The very next day, they called me out, and they said, Daniel, we need to talk about your finances. And I'm like, guys, wait, pause. I just got the best job ever. I'm, I'm gonna be doing this Ninja Warrior stuff and I'm gonna be working with kids, doing a kids program. I said, but I, I, I don't start for like two weeks and they're not gonna give me a paycheck on my first day. It's gonna be about a month until I get my, uh, my first paycheck. But I know I'm supposed to be at this Bible school and I know I'm following the path that God has for me. Can we work something out? Because how many of you know we walk by faith? and it only ever gets bigger, and it never gets easier. But when we get milestones of times that God provides, we should never forget those milestones. We should never forget the testimonies of what God has done in our lives, all right? So they look at me and they said, well, Daniel, here's the thing, and it's like God putting the cherry on the, on the, on the ice cream sundae, so to speak. They look at me and they said, someone has come alongside, they selected you, Daniel, And they've paid for not just your your month, but they've paid for the rest of the school year's tuition. It's done, done, paid for. To this day, I have no idea who it was that did that. But God will use anybody. And our only job is to trust him, is to love him, is to love people, and to continue walking by faith in a world that absolutely requires it. It doesn't get any easier but the adventures become bigger. They become more exciting. So I train for two years, or I train and start, you know, trying to get into Ninja Warrior, and I'm like, Lord, this is the path you've got for me. I'm gonna put kingdom on my shirt because if, if I'm not gonna go into full-time ministry, I'm gonna use this platform to build the kingdom. I'm gonna do it on TV on a national scale. But Lord, I don't wanna like shove it down people's throat. How can I covertly show the kingdom? And then I was like, oh, the kingdom, the kingdom. I'll just put kingdom on my shirt. Matthew 6.33 is another one of my life verses. Jesus is telling his disciples, you know, people, they, they worry about what they're gonna eat, they worry about what they're gonna wear, they worry about all these things. But if you seek first, The kingdom of God, or seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. He will give you everything that you need. So when that becomes a life verse, it reminds you, it reminds me that, okay, God, I don't have to have everything all together. You know, my issues, my own self-doubt, my own stuff that I'm going through, I'm going to put in your hands, but I'm going to seek the kingdom. I'm going to wear it proudly. If I get on this TV show, I'm going to do it for you. And you're going to get all the glory, all the credit. So people think that it was so easy to get on the, on the show. People ask me all the time what the hardest obstacle was on the show. The hardest obstacle by far was just getting on the show. You, seriously, no joke, you have to send an audition video. You know, just like you would audition for a school play or something or audition for a job. You have to sell yourself. I remember clicking the record button and saying, hi Ninja Warrior, uh, my name is Daniel Gill. This is my season six submission video. We talked about where I worked, what I did, I sent it in and I'm like, God, I'm on the path that you have for me. But sometimes it doesn't always go the way we plan or it doesn't always fit the time frame that we want. We live in a world of instant gratification. We want it now, we want it fast. God works on a different time frame. He waits, or the Bible says he's outside of time, so he just waits on us to get to where he wants us to be. The first year I auditioned, I was too young, but I still thought I could get in. Rejected, didn't get in, didn't get on the show. I'm like, well, God, that hurts. That wasn't part of the plan. I have to wait one solid year until my next attempt. I try, again, try out again the next year. And I'm like, Lord, I got it this time. I met some producers the year before when I got to test run. Now I'm going to get on the show. I did not get a call back my second year, twice, two years in a row, got totally rejected. And I'm like, Lord, I thought this was the plan. I have it all planned out. I've got everything mapped out in my head. I've trained for two years now. What's going on? What's the issue? We walk by faith, not by sight. (laughs) We trust in him in everything that we do. And so the only other option I had was to join what's called the walk online. I waited in line for a week. I'm sunburned. I'm dehydrated. I'm at the end of my rope. Friends and family are saying, Daniel, just give up, because I was number 28 in a line, and they only take about 10 to 15 to compete as like test dummies, but official competitors. I'm sitting there, and I'm like, Lord, I'm so frustrated. I'm so angry. Why is is nothing going the way that I thought it should? Why is this path so difficult? I said, but regardless, I trust you. This doesn't change who you are, but it can change the circumstances because I'm putting it in your hands, and I'm asking you for a way out. A producer, long story short, came up, saw me, recognized me from testing the year before, and he was like, you're, you're Daniel, right? And literally, like biblical story, non-Christian guy comes up, pulls me out of a crowd of 50 people, remembers me from a year earlier, and is like, you, I want to see you run the course. Go back in line, wait, and when we send everybody away in three days except for like the last couple people that get to compete, I'm going to make sure that you get to run, Daniel. Totally, totally, I mean, it was like biblical type stuff. I did it. I waited. And in God's perfect timing, which looked nothing like mine, everything worked out. The first time I ran, I ended up getting the fastest time of the night. I went on to become the rookie of the year, have served on Team USA and international teams, and I've lived, it's been an incredible, incredible ride since then. (laughs) And I say all that to say, now that there's been some crazy adventures on the show, because now I'm on the show, and I'm like, Lord when am I gonna win this thing? Like, I I plan on on winning and hitting that final buzzer and putting my hands up and saying, God, it's all for you. And that hasn't happened. I've still gotten wet every single year, but the Lord has taught me. Like, Lord, what, what is your timing exactly? The Lord has taught me so much through success and how the world looks at us and our reaction to success, but the Lord has taught me how much more important it is for us to carry ourselves and know who we are be full of this when we fail, when we fall. I remember I fell on the water my second year, crushed, devastated. I'm like, God, I'm supposed to win this. Why aren't you helping me? What, what is the point of all this training? What is the point of being on the show if I'm just going to fall and be a bad representation of you? And he spoke to me. Holy Spirit just spoke inside of me and was like, Daniel, it's one thing for people to see you succeed and you give glory to God. He said, how much more important is it for people to see you fall in the water or fail and still give glory to God? And so that has been, that has been so – I can't stress that enough. So I say all that to say, like, as you watch the show, which, I mean, it, mo- tomorrow night there's a new episode. I'll be on again at the end of this uh, month, I think Monday the 29th. But more than anything, your prayers are what I need. Because I'm in a secular environment, I'm on a reality TV show, not everybody there is saved. And the places that God has called you to, whether it's your business, your school, your family, we're called to be examples. Through the good, the bad, and the ugly, we are meant to, to, to know this, to have a solid identity of who we are, and to be the backbone and the foundation for a hurting and a dying and a broken world. Because we live in a day and age where God is looking. You know, The Bible talks about how his eyes go to and fro across the earth looking for people who just, they're willing to say yes. So that's, that's, that's my message. I'm gonna be able to, to hang out with you guys more, but I wanna say a prayer over you guys. Is that okay? Because your story isn't gonna look like mine. But now that you know mine, along your own journey, when you face those trials, whatever they look like, you'll remember at least a little bit of what I've gone through. And I've, I've highlighted the goods but there have been a lot of bads. And the only thing, and the best thing that I can say is that I accredit where I am today because I've never, ever let go of the hand of God. I've never let go of him. I never have, I never will, and I wanna encourage you with that as well. So let me pray over you guys, and then I'm gonna invite Pastor Nate back up, okay? And he'll close it. So Father, I thank you. I thank you so much that you are the same yesterday, today, forever, God, and that we have this word, we have this Bible full of stories of men and women, of boys and girls. It didn't matter how old they were, it could have been Abraham's age at 100. It didn't matter how young they could have been at David's age, at just a teenager. Lord, when you use them for mighty things, God, I ask and I I just pray and speak life over this congregation and abroad, those who are watching, Lord that we would just, even today, just rededicate and just remind ourselves and, and remind you that, God, our lives are not our own, Lord, and as we choose to give you our hearts and our lives, we don't lose anything, but we gain everything, God. We we let go of the things that hold us back, knowing that you have everything that'll lift us up, and that according to the word, we go from glory to glory to glory anew in you, God, that you would renew our thoughts to think like you, to act like you, to walk and talk like you. So, God, I bless this house, Restoration Church. I bless these people, God, and I bless this city, and I bless this state, God, that it would, it would Thrive. It would grow. It would build and become what you've got planned in store for it. So I bless these people in Jesus' mighty name. All God's people said, "Amen, amen." amen. Here, Pastor Nate. Thank you.
1: We could be at church today and have the opportunity to hear from a celebrity, um, but, but you, you'd be missing out if that's the only thing that happened in your life today. What Daniel talked about, and he talked about God, and he talked about Jesus in a way that maybe you've never heard anybody talk about. How, how are you talking to God? How are, you, uh, how are you hearing from God? How are you believing in God so much that you're living your entire life for him? Well, you have the opportunity this morning to experience him in the exact same way because God didn't wait until Daniel was, was famous to then show himself and say, "Oh, you're someone good, let me show you." He, while the one thing the Bible says is while we were still His enemies, he, Jesus died for us. So the prayer team's going to come up at every location, and we want to just make sure we have an opportunity to pray for you. Maybe today is going to be the day you make a decision. You know what? I'm going to believe. I'm going to give God my heart and my life, and I'm going to decide today to follow Jesus. I'm going to be like Daniel's parents, Daniel, Daniel's mom, who says, I'm going, to, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to give my family and my kids to God, and that's going to be the decision you make today. Maybe there's been just something you've been, you're in one of those bottom of the roller coaster, uh, full G-force disappointment moments, and you just don't know, God, where are you in all of this? We want to have the opportunity to pray for you, because God hasn't abandoned you, he hasn't forgotten you. And we want to be here to remind you of that, to just stand with you, to pray with you, to encourage you, and to allow God to move in your life. As we get ready to, uh, we're going to sing one song here before we dismiss, but I just want uh, one last thing to give an invitation to you. As Daniel talked about the Bible, we talked about it, talked about it and referred to it as God's word. If you, do, if you do not have a Bible, we want to give you one. So when you walk out of the service, uh, you can go to the Welcome Center. We'll give you a Bible for free because we want you to be able to read it. We want you to be, begin to hear and read for yourself what God thinks about you, what Jesus did for you, and, uh, and to allow that to begin to, build your, to begin to build yourself up and to begin for the rest of this life, for the rest of eternity, to get everything that God has for you you want to stand to your feet, I want to close us in prayer. Stand to your feet, everybody, every location. I want to close us in prayer, and then we'll sing together. Jesus, we thank you for the testimony that Daniel shared today. And we do pray for him. We pray for him on these upcoming runs, and we, we just pray for this dream in his heart to, uh, to, to finish every stage and to hit the buzzer on every stage. And, uh, God, we just pray that when that happens and you you bring that promotion in his life, God, that he'll continue to do what he's always done, to give you all the glory, to do it all for your name. God, we pray for people in this room, for people in this nation, for people around the world who haven't heard how great you are. We pray that you give Daniel that privilege and that platform to tell them uh, about you and how great you are. Jesus, for anyone in this room who's never heard about you, talked in this way, who's never heard that they can know you and follow you and love you, we pray that right now their heart would, would trust you. Their heart, in their heart, God, they'd, be, they'd just give it to you. And they would, um, they would do a simple thing. They would, they would believe that you're God. That would give their life to you they'd ask you just to forgive any of the things that they did in their life that they think disqualifies them from you that allow you to forgive them and to work in their heart god for those who are going to come forward for prayer because they're disappointed or anything may you just show yourself true show them who you are you are a good gracious and kind god who knows them who cares about them, and who is an ever-present help in times of trouble. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing together.